0: You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael.
1: Hello, everybody. It's good to be back after we have some football underneath our belt man what is going on I'm awful at this who's that producer who's that (laughs) producer you hired it's not me (laughs) but what what producer we
0: have producer money
1: well I mean with this type of budget we should we have AM radio budget let's be honest yeah that's true smaller than AM yeah much much less than less than not equal to Mm -hmm. but we have actual football to discuss not just nothing but football to discuss what may happen what could happen
0: what did happen
1: yep uh, what will happen for those of y'all who didn't know? We do an instant reaction podcast after every game. There's one up on wherever you catch your podcasts for the Montana State game, so we won't be going super in depth on that one. But
0: you should subscribe, sure, whichever podcast service you use: iTunes, Google Play,
1: Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, we're on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, we're on Spotify too. We yeah. all. I don't know if we've ever told anyone that but Gosh, we are. I, I, I think we did when we first linked to that, that account because it was new and exciting hashtag worldwide baby but yeah find us on twitter at 23 personnel um spencer. two n's two yes. n's one l yeah i have to remind myself how to spell it every time so it's at
0: two three personnel
1: p-e-r-s-o-n-n-e-l yep spencer is at punts suck that's with two s's because punts suck they do for the most part except when they're strategically placed like a dixon punt in the between the four and the three-yard line. Why
0: are we talking about Longhorn? Well,
1: because he was really good at punting. <laughs> and then I'm Michael at under oh no eight. What did I do? At Michael underscore lbk. Yes. And we are
0: the twenty-three personal podcast. Yeah. In case this is your first time listening, I don't. We've never actually welcomed new listeners. Yeah. It Doesn't feel like.
1: I hope we have some new listeners, and maybe some some of you guys will stick around and hang with us as we continue through the. The slog of the Big 12 schedule. Yeah. And uh, we'd like to do a quick shout out. Uh, friend of the show, Rob Bro, who we. <laughs> I'm who wearing we, his hat right now. Yeah, you are. It's well, our, not not his hat, but his. No, you stole it from his truck. Yeah, I did. You just took it out his, of
0: his. uh show's logo is on this hat. It's a great hat. White hat,
1: mesh. It's got the rope on it's the front. It's a trucker hat. Yeah. It's and really it's, sharp.
0: It's made for men. Like, this cap is large. <laughs> Mostly snapback caps. I have to like on the last one or two snaps. This one I've got like four.
1: This one I had to. Nice. I had to um, do the little the overlap thing, where I, I couldn't even do just the regular size. I had to go the one the one notch over. Oh gosh. Kind of made me feel I was, I didn't feel like my uh, the girth of my head was <laughs> manly enough. Well, I've got a lot of hair <laughs> underneath this too. Oh yeah, just
0: rub it in. Um, you you it, that's by choice though. You shave.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> I want to see. I want to see what it looks like if you can grow it out. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking right. Terry Bradshaw, Power Donut. If I grow it out, Power Donut. Uh, All right. So sorry, you were saying friend of the show, Rob Bro.
1: Yeah, he was in Odessa on Friday for uh, which game did he do play by play for? Do you remember one of the Lubbock teams? It's a Coronado. Man, I, I knew whichever one I said and I was going to be wrong. Yes, whoever played the Odessa High Broncos, a friend of the show, Rob Bro, was there doing play by play and ran into a listener. a listener who actually knew Rob from our podcast. So, Big to that time. listener in Odessa, thank you very much for listening. And we really appreciate it and hope you tell a friend or two. Yeah, actually, if you wouldn't mind like reaching out to the show,
0: we'd love to hear. Yeah. Like, know who you are. Yeah, send us, hit us up in the DMs line to the dms sure remember it's at 23 personnel yeah two n's <laughs> one l all right let's talk about montana state okay there was a game this weekend there was we were both there yeah um it was your first time up in the press box what'd you think
1: i it's enjoyed weird, it right but it's weird <laughs> um i felt like i missed i missed some things i it's missed so the game environment i did not miss the heat Mm -hmm. uh i did not miss the sun but it's very i don't want to say sterile but that's kind of where my mind goes that's
0: the word i was thinking because you're so disconnected from the actual game like you're there you're watching the game but like with the windows there and there are cracks like it's open you can hear stadium noise coming in from outside right that you don't you're not engrossed in that you're, you yourself are not cheering. So like you have to actively keep yourself reserved. Like you, you can't right. get excited about a big play and you can't get down about a, a negative play that went the opposite, you know, the wrong way. Um, so because you're trying to remain so separate yourself, like you separate yourself from the, it's just, it's a, such a weird
1: environment. It is. I, I enjoyed it. I'm afraid that, of course, this may not feel this way as the games get a little bit more, uh, more interesting, and probably more people are there. But I felt like it could, the, the newness of it, could wear off pretty quickly on me. As much as I, not to complain by any means, because I enjoyed the free food, it was great. <laughs> uh, I, as I mentioned, I enjoyed the climate-controlled environment. Uh, it was kind of neat to just sit around and listen, and you would hear all these voices that you've heard on the radio for years just talking. Or you know Don Williams is sitting a row in front of you, or there's there's always someone around that that you recognize or know, and sure, even in Lubbock, Texas that's still kind of neat to run into people that are that are on t v or that are on the radio so i've I enjoyed that and I enjoyed the stats being fed to us as the game was going on but i I did miss quite a bit of the the fun fan experience of the stands. And I want I wanted to go get one of those $8 beers, but you know, I probably shouldn't do that if I'm technically on the clock, you know.
0: Well, had we shown up a little bit sooner, we could oh, have been happy hour. Gotten a $5 beer. $5, any beer, five, yeah. $5. Which I don't know if they're doing that for every game. It was in the press release for the first game, but it was... From the time that gates opened until 30 minutes before kickoff, yep, was happy hour. They had five dollar beers. Well, basically all alcohol they served was five dollars. Yeah,
1: I think even the wine was five dollars as well. And the premiums, sure. Um, so okay, well, let's let's talk about like
0: kickoff time and weather, because not that Texas Tech was in control of this at all, because it was put on TV and the TV. As soon as you relinquish control, like we want the game on TV, then the network decides when you kick off. Yes. So let's get this straight. Texas Tech did not have any choice in kicking off at 3 o'clock on a Saturday in August. In August. Um, <laughs> I don't know if the, the no re entry helped or hurt. Halftime crowd was
1: light. It was. They, you know, there were reports that. Ambient temperature in the stands was maybe 120s.
0: Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing
1: From where we were, even inside, it looked so baking hot. Oh,
0: it, it looked miserable in the on the east side, and
1: it was extremely empty. So I, but I'm not going to be one of those people that's literally looking down on <laughs> on those who are who are, are leaving because I saw when we left the game, there were so many sunburned people walking around. <laughs> I remember you there, was, that. there was. Oh, I would. I'm, I'm always on red alert. But there was there was one girl who, you know, okay. So some girls wear a lot of makeup, and so her face was kind of oddly still, kind of white. But then she had this kind of halter top thing on, and it wasn't a halter top. It's it's whatever the shirt is that doesn't have a strap, a strapless shirt. Hashtag flash fashion blog. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I can tell you all some fashion, but she was red as a beet from there up to her face and her jaw yeah i was like oh boy this is a this is exactly why you you might see some people take off
0: so from the 23 personnel twitter account i posted a picture of the east side stands about halfway through the third quarter which is what i said um i'm willing to bet you could probably have squeezed everybody on that side of the stadium into two full sections had you taken out all the empty seats between everybody oh and it got even Granted, it got even so, more
1: sparse after that photo.
0: So the third quarter, were what two hours into the game. So this is about five o'clock, hottest part of the day. Yeah, they've been baking the sun at least two hours. The credit kickoff was fine. I had twenty people reply to this photo and get like super defensive. Oh yeah, you, but you is, said it without comment. No, because and, and I, I you understand. I wasn't, I wasn't. I was just showing a picture. One because I'm I'm really curious to see how it compares to this weekend's game. It's a seven o'clock kick, halfway through the third quarter. If the stands look just like that, the weather's no excuse. You're right. There's a well. It's the opponent then. Like, well, the opponent never mattered when I was a student. The weather hardly seemed like it mattered when I was a student. Like the only thing that kept us out of games would have been like rain. But I don't think it rained at any of the games when I was a student. Like it, it was like a few that times. Weird and like we always caught like it was a good Saturday afternoon. So I don't know what it is that's causing light fans. It may be 10 years of just really crappy home (laughs) performances. And then
1: playing UTEP is not going to fix that. No, Um, because as we'll discuss probably very quickly, UTEP may be worse than Montana state. They're not that strong. They're not that strong, which I'm ready to talk about them. If you are, let's do it. All right, let's roll right into the UTEP preview. We've got, as Spencer mentioned, UTEP's coming into town 7 p.m. here at the Jones. It'll be on Fox Sports somewhere. I wasn't able to find an exact channel, but I'm willing to bet it's one of the ones with a mathematical sign at the end and or a direction. It's probably Fox Sports Southwest Plus.
0: That would be my guess. Bet. I'm willing to bet. Um, Kickoff at 7 p.m., as Michael said. Uh, UTEP not very good um 2017 0 for 0 and 12 yeah last season 1 and 11 but their one win was against you have a 2 and 11 rice you meant like 2 and 10 or no they, I, I played 13 games
1: they played 13 games I i don't understand it did they play hawaii they played old dominion at the end of the year because oh. I looked it up because I thought, well, surely I wrote that down wrong. But no, it they played 13 games. There was okay. no playoff, obviously, because there is no... I mean, they weren't... <laughs> they didn't <laughs> at, make the NCAA... two
0: wins. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> um, okay, so Rice, they, 2011... Sorry, 2018, UTEP went 1-11 with their one win against Rice. It was on the road. And then 2019, they barely eked out a win against Houston Baptist. I watched the highlights of this game. Houston Baptist like had a lead for a majority of the game. It wasn't like they had a big lead, but like they would take the lead and hold it for a while. And then UTEP would score and retake it. And then Houston Baptist would respond and hold it until like the very end. Um, so they start the season one and zero. hat tip to Rob bro for this stat. That win at home was UTEP's first win in a, over a thousand days. Oh wow! Had to go back to 2016 for the last home win because they were 0 for 12 in 2017. They're one of 11 in 2018 with their one win being on the road. So it went two at least two full seasons without a, a home win.
1: Well, and the, and the stands were packed for I, I would they were they were packed for uh, you know a, a couple of big emotional reasons. Obviously the the shootings in El Paso recently. I think this was kind of a way. For the community to come together on that and then um the young man who died recently of cancer duke loffenberg am, am i oh i mean i said duke and I, luke is obviously his name luke loffenberg uh just died recently and with with those two kind of emotional things going on the the stands were packed and i'm willing to bet this thirty four thousand six hundred forty six that were reported for a UTEP's game, which is the largest for a home opener in five years, is probably very close to what Texas Tech had. Uh, Texas Tech may have been in the 40s. I heard on Casey Cowan's show today that it was announced in the 50s, like 52. Is that the number that I called on the show? But somehow I missed that. Well, it was 52 and change. I forgot what he said. But while we were at the game, I completely missed what the – I don't,
0: I don't ever remember. The announcement
1: was, I don't remember hearing one either. An official announcement. But yes, they've had some adversity for sure on the football field. Have not won a lot lately. And as you mentioned, the game against Houston Baptist, it was, it was back and forth, but it wasn't just back and forth. A touchdown, it was, they would Such go on weird. 11 point runs or a 17 point run and, and, and kind of trade that way. And, it even came down to, you know, UTEP only won 34, I mean, 36 to 34. But Houston Baptist was driving with six minutes left and had and they the fumbled. ball. Yeah, they had a ball. They had the ball in the red zone. And UTEP had a strip sack, recovered the fumble, and then ran the clock out. Mm-hmm. And when a team that rushes as much as UTEP does gets the ball in that kind of situation and they're able to move it just a just a little bit they can eat some clock so yeah so from
0: that game utep had 508 yards of offense which is a lot that 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 number surprised me they had 240 rushing yards and 268 passing yards uh they averaged 5.2 yards per rush um defensively they gave up 300 passing yards and 147 on the ground again to houston
1: baptist um, right, but that's those are pretty. Good. I mean, you know, three hundred is probably a little bit higher than what you'd want, but for UTEP, sure. Yeah, I mean, to to give up, <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I'm sure that that per game average is going to tick up a little bit this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I, so after one game, I mean, it's hard to say. Like the UTEP offense is they they run this much, they pass this much. Um, and obviously, Houston Baptist is not a, a an opponent that you can take a lot from as a scout for like it just. There's no comparison between preparing to play Houston Baptist and playing Texas Tech. Yeah, that's like going I, to be I, a- I would assume UTEP is going to look a little differently. And they're going to respond differently, and Texas Tech is going to do things
1: to UTEP that Houston Baptist couldn't do. Would you still expect UTEP to? Run the ball as much against Tech as they did against Houston Baptist, because they ran it. Like you mentioned, they ran it for forty six times, only passed twenty. So you know, the the ratio of runs to passes was two point three. I mean, they they ran it over twice as much as how often they passed it. Being that their head coach
0: is a former, um, Bill
1: Snyder assistant coach Uh, and possibly player too yeah he was Um, he was with kansas state for a long time i think they're gonna try
0: but like in the kansas state games of old where like you got a big lead um if they continue to run the ball as much and run as much clock they were essentially defeating themselves because they were taking they were taking time away from their own offense to score and catch up So I don't think they will, but only out of necessity. If they, if they controlled the game, like you know, if if it was a close game, or if they had a lead, I'm I'm sure they would want to run the ball two times every time that they they threw it, if not more. If if the game against Houston Baptist is any evidence to what they want to do,
1: right, right. I just that would be a more ideal scenario. I don't think you'll
0: see a two and a half to one run to pass ratio this weekend.
1: I'm I'm thinking you're right. They'll probably have to. They may start out really trying to run the ball and may not be able to get it going. Hopefully, I mean that's if, the plan if they for have,
0: us. If they have a start like Montana State and they have like several consecutive three and outs, right? And they look up and it's 21-0 or 17-0. That that game plan of running the ball I may mean, like ah oh, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on that until we can
1: get a little closer. And they may not. Um, yeah, because that uh, Trayvon Hughes, their running back those highlights he was breaking tackles he was running guys over he's one. he's two two hundred 235 pounds you UTEP, UTEP finds these these running backs that are just really great at, at, at bulldozing people over and, and breaking tackles and he was really fun to watch and and if if he gets some open space he may be able to to move around for sure that's just where that's where tech's got to be able to have their guys up front just plug every gap they can and really manhandle some folks because I was a little bit shocked at I didn't think about it while we were doing our instant reaction but you know UTEP this last weekend gave up three sacks to Houston Baptist
0: on 20 pass attempts
1: yeah on only 20 pass attempts they were able you know well hold
0: on that's 20 pass attempts they probably were in 23 well that's
1: true that's true I'm sure he didn't (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't count against Brandon Jones's completion percentage, right? And I, there wasn't enough film that I could see, and obviously I'm probably not going to be able to break down too much film, but or nor do we care to. With with Jones, it it wasn't clear if it was the line, the protection breaking down, or if he was rolling out of coverage or hanging onto the ball too long, or if the cornerbacks were, you know, doing a great job of covering the receivers and he had no one to throw to but anyway
0: I, I I would tend to believe it was more on the offensive line because Jones was the second leading rush yeah attempts person on the team he had 13 attempts and I don't know if those were 13 called QB runs or if those were passes that he ran out of um but if he's running the ball 13 times and still getting sacked it seems like that's more on them. And him not being able to escape that,
1: yes, it could be. And and that's what I'm trying to get to is, you know, Tech only had one sack against Montana State. I'm hoping now, how many how many passing attempts though? It was 24 or so. It was a, it was a it was kind of comparable. So I'm I'm hoping to see that number go up to at least two this week. I, I feel like Tech should be able to to hurry him and and kind of get him uncomfortable. Pretty easily, I, I, he's a senior, but he's—I think this is only his second game that he started.
0: Yeah, and and it's something I didn't—I didn't mention the post game, um, but it was something we talked about leading up to the game, especially as we were looking at the at, at the new defense. And I said that your your season sack leader would not come from your defensive line; it would come from one of your outside linebackers. Um, but then we saw how much. Pressure the defensive line was able to create on their own. We saw Broderick Washington getting back there. I am um, blanking on who the other person was. was it was it Howard, Nick, maybe Nick McCann. Nah, I am losing it. The guy Jalen Hutchings. There it is. There. Yep. Um, so Broderick Washington, Jalen Hutchings, and Eli Howard all had times in the backfield. Um. So you you, you would like to see. Those one of those guys, um, you know, actually get to the quarterback and sack them, or cause enough disruption to let the the rush end get in there. <clears throat> but yeah, you would think against a team like like UTEP or Montana State, you'd be able to you know sack the quarterback more than once, right? Um, despite them being a super heavy run team, um, because one sack per twenty six or twenty five pass attempts is not really going to do a whole lot for you.
1: No, and and this is a team that you should be able to get back there and and really, really wreck some havoc, wreak some havoc, cause, <laughs> cause, create. Those are words. Those are all words. You're but, right. But this is one of those things where we, we were talking about it before we recorded. I think it all kind of runs together. Where there there were some fans that were a little bit disappointed or let down with the score of the game, but they shouldn't be with UTEP. I, I believe that UTEP's going to be an inferior team to Montana State. Uh, Montana State is actually a, a really a pretty solid FCS team. If preseason rankings are to be believed, we'll see how it actually plays out. But UTEP mm-hmm. is is a team that Tech should really... Have complete control of because, as Wells mentioned in his presser today, he was kind of trying to dispel the rumor that he didn't want to start any. Excuse me, that he only wanted to play as starters, or trying to come up with a good reason for it. And his reasoning was, well, we were down, or we were only up thirty-one to seven, and then if that became thirty-one to fourteen, all of a sudden you've got a three-game or a three-score game on your hands into the third quarter. So he was he was trying to just come up with his reasoning for leaving starters in and he didn't get anybody in there till the end of the game really but i wouldn't expect that to be the case this week and if it is i would be a little bit more concerned than i was this past week uh you know i, I feel like tech should be firmly in the driver's seat heading into the fourth with no questions asked you know maybe Forty two to seven or something like that going into the fourth, just trying to just trying to come up with something here because I think that was what let people down was they're used to seeing you know, the last quarter is almost always gonna be the backup quarterback. Sometimes even the third string quarterback gets in on there. But that's not how Wells is operating right now, and he was wanting to make dang sure he won his first game and nothing crazy happened, I'm sure. But I know everyone's also worried about Bowman's health and doesn't want to take any extra risks, and folks were a little bit surprised to see Tyner hop out there instead of Duffy, myself included. Mm -hmm. I I really – maybe it was just because he thought Duffy had more game experience and wanted Tyner to get some, actually. I I was a little bit surprised to see that, but I'm thinking this week there's a better chance – that you're going to see a little bit deeper into the roster and that'll be the, the plan I think from the get go.
0: Yeah. I I wish there were um, FCS to FBS comparisons, like especially when you get down towards the middle back half of the FBS, like where do these top tier FCS teams like fit in? Where would they fit in stats wise? And of course you can't compare them apples to apples because of the competition that, you know, Montana state plays over the season doesn't really compare to the, competition that say like a Boston college place. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not saying that those two are comparable but like
1: we, well they're not that's the issue. <laughs> you can't right. really like, compare you,
0: them. You can't because they're the schedule are just so different but it would be really interesting to see like okay where where would a South Dakota State or James Madison fall in line in the FBS rankings. So then you can look at like okay where was Montana State versus a UTEP. Right. Because as, as as of this afternoon, the S and P rankings had not been updated yet. Um, UTEP was picked 130th in the S and P rankings out of 130 schools, the absolutely worst FBS program. Um, but you you just you don't know where like okay, he's the number one FCS team like 131. No, but it's right. really really interesting me to think about where where they might fall in. I tend to believe. Montana state is probably going to be a, a better opponent, a stronger opponent than UTEP will be this weekend.
1: That that's what I'm thinking too. And we want to go into it like uh like coach Wells was was saying earlier that you want to prepare for them. That's how you that's how you respect your opponent, you prepare for them and you get ready. But with that said, we have done a little bit of preparation on our end and they they've got a they've got a ways ahead, you know you know maybe Demo will be able to turn it around really get uh get some things going for them, get some positive momentum in their direction, but yeah, this is the second game they've won since twenty sixteen so it's it's a it's a long road ahead. I don't think tech should be on a upset watch or anything like that on Saturday,
0: no but let's look at what they did this past weekend. Brandon Jones, the starting quarterback, went 10 for 20. Uh, so he completed 50% of his passes, was sacked three times. So um, he had 268 passing yards, one touchdown, one reception. Uh, that one touchdown was an 80 yard uh, completion to...
1: I had his name 100. on here. He only had two... He had a heck of an average because he caught that yeah. pass and one other and one. One more, yeah. I had it up here. and I'm completely... Anyways... um. Biffed on it, and their running back Trayvon Hughes
0: rushed twenty three times for one hundred and fifty yards, uh, greater than six and a half yards per carry. So you got to be you got to watch out for that. Um, Sean Wolf, Sean Wolf, Wolf caught carries. the eighty yard pass, um, two touchdowns. Had a long of thirty two yards. So I, I, that that is still a fairly explosive run. I think that the definition for explosive run is like, especially if you're looking at like. S and P is greater than 15 yards. Yeah. Whereas like an expl- explosive, pa- explosive pass play or so many PLs and P's and plosives. Well, and, and just yards. those
1: highlights, I've, I haven't gone through the actual drive summary, but just those highlights, I feel like we saw two or three runs that were close to 20 yarders or within 20 mm-hmm. uh, from him as well. So he's, he's got some explosiveness. And as we said earlier, he, you've got to get two hands on the man, because otherwise, he's just going to blow past you. <laughs> Which is one thing I, I think I came away.
0: One thing you you can tell in a game against like a Montana State is your your fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Um, there weren't a lot of solo tackles in the game this past week against Montana State. There weren't a lot of arm tackles. they weren't diving at feet. Um, granted, you're not trying to you're not stretching yourself to make a play against a, a, a lower tier an fcs opponent um but it's great to stack those good fundamental performances as you start the season to prepare for stronger opponents down the road so you do that montana state you hope to do that this weekend against utep to get you ready for a khalil tate arizona next week and then in two weeks oklahoma i mean not that not that you're going to do
1: much against Jalen Hurts if he keeps doing what he did on on Sunday. Yeah, that was uh, <clears throat> that was a bit sobering. We talked about on the on Rob Rose's countdown to kickoff. Well,
0: then this idiot over here uh, said, you know, he's not going to be like another. He's not going to be the third in a row Heisman Trophy winner, and he's not going to be number one overall pick. And then he goes out and has like 600 total yards by himself and six touchdowns. Like, well, okay, that was.
1: I can't remember. I gave him, like, the bulletin board material. Yeah, I, I like, can't remember. This one radio host. Some guy Lubbock from Texas. Lubbock. Yeah. I I think <laughs> I was definitely not as... I don't remember what I said, but I don't think I went out on that far of a limb. I still thought he was still going to be good because he had a lot of I success think, at Alabama. Despite... I think
0: you and Carson kind of, like, like you were similar in your, your your opinions in that he would be able to, to drive the bus that is the Oklahoma offense. Sure. But like, dude, like he was—he was driving. There that was some, bus. <laughs>
1: there was some crazy stat, and I can't remember what it was. But he did something that was only the second time it had ever been done, and the first time Johnny Manziel did it. Johnny Manziel, yeah, it was some combination of—it oh, was a combination of rushing yards and passing yards for a, I think your first start or your first start against a power five opponent. Or it was—it was kind of a. Well, just like in baseball, if you if you make the stat specific enough, you can get down to like yeah, it was an in of one, and I agree with that. It was very specific, but it was equally impressive because there was a lot of big numbers in that stat. No, yeah, for sure. Like he had what three hundred passing
0: yards, one hundred and seventy six rushing yards. Yeah, it was that rushing crazy. yard was like was that the team or hurt? No, that was hurt. He had one hundred and seventy six rushing yards and three touchdowns each, passing and rushing. Um, so no, you're not going to see that this weekend with Brandon Jones and Trayvon Hughes. Um, you're not going to see it next weekend, but the point that I was trying to make is like, you want to stack some of these, you want to build on your fundamentals as you prepare to, to play a person like a team like Oklahoma and, and Jalen Hurts. And you've got an opportunity to do that against Brandon Jones and Trayvon Hughes this weekend
1: with, with Jalen. I've, I've found it. Oh, and then <laughs> okay, some time. ad, some ad <laughs> shifted my vision here. I'm trying to read it. Okay, it's the best statistical performance of Hertz's career. It's also just the second time in the last 15 seasons. Yeah, this is a lot of qualifications, but it is impressive. <laughs> Wait for it. Hold for applause. Okay, it's also just the second time in the last 15 seasons an FBS passer threw for 300-plus yards, check, ran for 150-plus rushing yards, check, and had six-plus touchdowns accounted for. And the other player to do it was Johnny Manziel. Not a bad, not a bad start for <laughs> Jalen Hurts' first game in Norman. You, you know which, what? which had a lot of empty seats at the end of the game, by the way, because they did a big blimp, uh, blimp view of the stadium, probably halfway through the fourth quarter, and it was really empty, a lot emptier than. Then this random screenshot someone posted in one of those Facebook groups I'm in and talked about how, how nobody sh- leaves Oklahoma games, but yeah, yeah, they do. They yeah. leave in droves. Lots of people do this.
0: And it wasn't like they were up by 35 points.
1: Like no, the no. Was. The game
0: was still semi-interesting, is it, which is why we still had it on TV. They won by 18 think, I think 17, so. something like that. So, I, I just remember this, and I'm sorry, like, we're, we're basically done with, with our, our, our football preview, but before we move on to questions and all that kind of stuff, I, we have to play our, our football intro music. Oh, man, I forgot. Our, we, our football outro
1: music, really, is what all right, it is now. We, hope you enjoyed football. <laughs>
0: Welker takes it at the 11. He's going to try to get to the right sideline. Breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30. The 35-40. He's the midfield. The 45-40. He may go. 25-10.
1: Touchdown, Red Raiders. Davis Webb, a freshman. Screen underneath there Breaks the tackle. Still running Off the sideline. Turns on the juice. Touchdown. Harrell in the shotgun. From the twenty-eight, the throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh he plays. Oh, he's the worst! Touchdown, Red Raiders, unbelievable <laughs> touchdown! No, unbelievable no. Red Raiders! Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the scoring begin.
0: And Windows had to interrupt that. <laughs> <laughs> that producer of yours. I know what is going S- on over there, S- slacking. So okay, m- my. F- Favorite audio clip from that whole thing is it's like a really low key. It starts with low key. It, it's Gus Johnson talking about Davis Webb dropping back and throwing a screen to Eric Ward. Okay, okay. and then he breaks like, like a billion tackles and scores. Um, that was a home game, so like that that crowd noise is, is Texas Tech. Let me see if I can.
1: Is it one of the first ones you said?
0: No, it's. Heard from there there. Screen. The tapestry, the sideline, turns on the juice, it's been a while
1: since the Jones has sounded quite like that. <laughs> yeah, so like that was a home game.
0: And I think it was a I think it was a game against Oklahoma State when Davis was starting. I thought you were gonna say your favorite part of it was the dong. <laughs> of the missed, field goal. the missed field goal which is also from a different Oklahoma State game that's that's I've enjoyed that one because Sam. um Matt Amendola the kicker for Oklahoma State that night Amendola with two M's did that twice he missed yeah, two he was, field goals that night
1: he was one of the most accurate kickers in college football uh, until that night I believe up until that <laughs> point I mean really I think I think it was one of those kind of broadcast jinx I think they mentioned it a lot and then And then he missed one, and then he he hit the upright with the other one. Yeah, (laughs) which is the best part. Like they have such good like
0: on-field audio for that game, and he he hits the upright like a giant tuning fork. So hard. I'm gonna have to play it for you guys again. So I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Okay, it's not this play, but the next one.
0: fantastic okay Um, last thing before we move on to questions if you don't already get enough of us please please tune in to the countdown countdown to kickoff pregame show it's on talk 1340 you can find us on air at am 1340 or 1340 am I don't know how am station reads there kkam 1340 am
1: 1340 um you can find
0: it streaming online on the website or through the talk 1340 app on your phone or smart speaker i'm reading this promo that you wrote way to go yeah thanks <laughs> um hosted by uh, rob bro of course you can follow him at, at rob bro show um and then carson robinson at k rob so k-a-r-r-o-b underscore radio um, you can follow the station at talk thirteen forty, and of course our, our Twitter Twitter handles, which we will continue to give out because we like all the follows, at twenty-three personnel, at puntsuck, at Michael underscore LBK.
1: And the show starts at three hours prior to kickoff, so this for most games, yes. Yeah, for most games. Eleven a, eleven AM games, that could shift to two hours, but we'll just have to see. The So the show will start at four o'clock sharp. Yeah, 4.05-ish probably on Saturday, three hours before Excuse the seven me. o'clock kick against the UTEP Miners. And it will go for two hours. Yep. So it gets you right up
0: through the dinner hour for those tailgating, Put us on your speakers. Sure. Love to get more reports. We had um, a report from Briggsy saying that he was streaming the show from the Fraser this yes. past Saturday. Mad respect. Fantastic. Especially since uh, the FM station was broadcasting from the Fraser. They were it would have been kind of funny, though like holding up a speaker, like a loudspeaker, in front of their <laughs> stage or something. No, it, it's not what happened here. But, us, here is talking about West Virginia for 10 minutes and <laughs> do, cause they Dana almost Holgerson's, lost. uh, I, I almost want to like review the week that was in the big 12. Cause it was pretty ho-hum, especially when you think about Iowa state needing three overtimes to beat a crappy Northern Iowa team. Oh, how dare you party like a Brock star. Whoa. Don't want that kind of party. Whoa. Apparently. Um, James Madison granted the number 2 FCS team took you know West Virginia late to to put that one away. TCU played the vaunted Arkansas Pine Bluff, barely beat them. I say barely. It wasn't it was not very convincing. Baylor convincingly beats SFA, but like they're not even listed in the others receiving votes for the FCS where mm-hmm. they have like 25 other schools receiving votes. I don't know if you've seen that list. It's oh pretty, no. It's extensive. They have like the, the top 25 and the others receiving votes is as long or longer than the top 25. FCA was not a part of that. Um, Kansas. I think most, most impressively squeaked by, I believe they did. They squeaked by Indiana state. I think the most impressive uh, result um, from FBS, FCS matchups had to have been Kansas state taking it to nickel state. Um. Because Nichols State was also a pretty good FCS program, and um, I wasn't sure what Kansas State team we would see this year, but Cleman coming from the FCS upper echelon, he probably knew how to handle an FCS team. But K-State
1: worries me. They, they, they kind of do now. They're going to have their stuff together by game 11 of the season when Tech plays mm-hmm. them.
0: And then, um, of course, you had the Oregon State, Oklahoma State, which there's somebody my real snarky on Twitter is like, if you, if somebody in a, like a journalism or media position made the joke that OSU is going to win that game, you should lose your credentials <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma state beat them 52, 36. That sounds something right. Something like that yep. on the road and Corvallis, uh, granted Oregon state is rebuilding. <laughs> they're, they're, they're trying to come back. Oklahoma State did still look pretty impressive. Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, going to be a a dynamic one-two punch. Yeah, I'm afraid you're right. Tylen Wallace turns on turns out to be like the the number one receiver. Can be a a triple threat there, a la Emmett Aikman, and whoa, Irving, Irving, there it is, the (laughs) triple (laughs) threats. That is a bold statement to make. Not that I'm saying they're they're going to
1: replicate that kind of success. I'm just saying. You just had my attention at (laughs) Emmitt Naikman and and Irving. Texas
0: beat uh, Louisiana Tech and then Oklahoma, like we just said, uh, took care of Houston. So with that, because I don't really want to do any Big 12 review or preview. If you care about those things, there are podcasts for that. Sure. Not this one. And the ESPN app. Um let's get to your questions. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer?
1: Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron
0: Burgundy? Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. To you them. want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth. Alright, let's do this. You got the questions pulled up? Working on it. I've got it. I've got one. Um, I was I was late sending out the uh the
1: question call for questions. I know, but we had four come in because these guys are tenacious. So everybody's ready to talk some football. I actually had a question of a different podcast.
0: I want to read it to you and see what you think. Okay. So the Ten Twelve Podcast, it's a big twelve football podcast. Um they had a Big 12 power rankings after week one. Um, and I want to read that to you real quick if I can find it because I was distracted now it's buried on their feed. Okay, If you were to base everything off of just this week's performances, here is a 1012 podcast week two rankings. One Oklahoma, two Texas, three Baylor, four Oklahoma State, 5 TCU six, Iowa State, seven, Kansas State, eight, Texas Tech, nine, West Virginia, 10, Kansas. So the first thing that caught my attention is like, why is Baylor number three?
1: That was me too. I I thought that should go to, uh, and I had a good name. Oh, I thought that should go to Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking. Just if you're just solely basing it off this week's game, it should go to Oklahoma State. That so, doesn't mean they're the third best team in the Big 12, but... My question to them is like, well, if... That's not what they asked. If we're based off everything off
0: of just this week's performance, quoting them, if you compare the, the competition between who Baylor played and who Texas Tech played, Texas Tech played a, a stronger opponent. Yeah, I could see that. They held into fewer points. Um, why is there such a big disparity? Why is Texas Tech eight, and not three? If everything I think it's is just of,
1: because it's an FCS school, I think that's all they. But they, they were both FCS schools, but they're—I
0: don't have good logic okay. for why. No, me neither. <laughs> and and they liked my question, but didn't respond to it. Okay, so if I were to base everything off of just this past week's performance, here are the twenty-three personal podcast week two rankings. Okay,
1: right, let's do it. One Oklahoma. You yes. agree? Yes. Two no.
0: Texas. 3 Oklahoma State 4 Kansas State Yeah Um Homer 5 Texas Tech 6 Baylor 7 TCU 8 Iowa State 9 West Virginia 10 Kansas
1: Those last three are kind of I would almost put Iowa State further down. I would almost put them at nine. In place of West Virginia? Even though they lost. I mean, they won. Even though they won. Well, they all won.
0: I know, but... Big 12 was the only only conference to go 10-0 this weekend, which everybody's making a big deal. I was like, well, have you seen the Big 12 schedule? Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't a lot. Of- <laughs> it was pretty weak, except for Oklahoma. And Sorry. Yeah, Oklahoma Oklahoma State, only two teams that played a Power 5 uh, opponent that one sorry no only Oklahoma State played a power five um, Oklahoma played a group of five Texas played a group of five the other seven
1: teams played FCS I I just was really surprised at Iowa State not being able to do anything against Me Nor- too. northern Iowa northern Iowa that's why I would kind of place them so because uh, Kansas is Kansas you know you kind of yeah. know that that's that that's coming we thought West Virginia was going to be bad this coming into the season mm-hmm. and then we thought Iowa state or i did at least and i think you have them, you had them going to the big 12 championship game Maybe. against oklahoma and i thought they'd be third or so th- to finish and to I'm come gonna, out and need double over triple, over triple over triple overtime to beat yeah. these guys i thought ooh, if it's just by that game alone i think i would have put them i, I might have put them 10th really yeah because that was that's that's bad yeah they were at home too right hmm so wtf man wtf iowa state
0: I, I had the three teams that did not play fcs opponents first um and i i couldn't give oklahoma state enough of a bump for playing a power five versus oklahoma just because of how impressive oklahoma was so i i would still go oklahoma texas oklahoma state and that's the cutoff for non-fcs opponents for week one like there's no disputing between three and four. Like there, there's no there's no reason why a team should be higher than four if you played an FCS opponent this week, and in my mind, I can see I can see the logic there. I think so. Then I put Kansas State because I think they had a really impressive win against a higher ranked FCS opponent than you did. As Texas Tech four, Texas Tech at five. Um. Baylor at six because of how well they did against Stephen F. Austin, although Stephen F. Austin's pretty bad. Past Baylor, though, you get TCU, who was okay against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Mm-hmm. So that's seven. And then you get Iowa State, West Virginia, Kansas, 8, nine, ten, In whatever order you want to put them. Sorry, so th- that was my, my um, tangent here before we jump into our actual questions. <laughs> okay, this may be my favorite question. Alan Corbin, um, he's, he's a former Lubbock Media person. I believe he was on on the radio with, um, oh gosh, what is his name?
1: His dad works at, at Town Square, and I, I do believe he was on the radio. Before before he moved to Utah, yeah, and
0: he worked with um. Oh my gosh, what was his name? He he works for McGavick now.
1: Oh, uh, F- uh, Fitz, man, Mm-mm, I don't think it was no, Fitz. No, Scott Scott Fitz- Fitzgerald Fitzgerald. Yeah, because yeah. he's on. I follow. We follow each other on Twitter. Yeah. If UTEB were a
0: UTEP were a food item from Seven Eleven, what would they be?
1: I have I have a good answer. Do you? Not yet. You, you go first. Okay, I'll go first because. My answer is nachos. All right, you think about it. You want something covered in some sort of orange, (laughs) and I see where this is going. And it's it's late at night. No other place is open that makes those really good nachos that you like, The, the the ones that are you know they're individually handcrafted nachos with an individual jalapeno and a little daub of beans, maybe some some beef, some cheddar cheese set under a heat lamp or in the oven on this big plate that they have to warn you is super hot. So that's not available. But the next best thing is the 7-Eleven nachos where you get your your cold chips and then you hit the button for the warm cheese for the dispenser to get the you get the cheese to come out and then you find the little package of jalapenos and you put that on there so it, that that's kind of what I think it is it's it's not quite it has UT in it but it's not the same type of
0: UT all right I had to actually look up food items, hot foods at seven eleven cells, and there's not like a lot of great options. no I'm <laughs> gonna go confirm with, this from my day's the knowledge mini, mini beef tacos <laughs> which look like they're they're corn tortillas that were folded over it, it looks like a like a almost like an empanada, but they're they're real small and i but there's nothing but beef in it, so they're they're small, yeah, they're disappointing. <laughs> And there's a really poor facsimile for. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, how do I say this? <laughs> yeah, how are you going to get out of this one? <laughs> for Mexican food.
1: Okay, okay.
0: With UTEP being a border town, in a border town. That's well, they probably different. have great Mexican
1: food, though. They probably I don't know where you're do, going with this. But they're not. They're not Mexican. <laughs> it's. It's not the. It's not. Yeah, we could kind of almost go back to well, it's. It's an impression of. <laughs> It's an impression of this is like of this other school in Austin that happens to <laughs> happens to do s- certain things really well, and this this one not the same things well, other things well. I forget what uh, don't they have? A, I think they have a medical school there. They have they have a school in UTep that they don't I have. I think Texas Tech has a, like one of their their outreach maybe medical so. school
0: branches or pharmacy
1: school branches there. Some somebody that UTEP has a, a branch of anyway, yeah. That's not a knock on UTEP or no. El Paso too much. Hopefully, guys, that's that was just kind of a fun question. Tyler Timmons, I've seen the line as high as
0: thirty-five, so that would be Tech minus thirty-five. Think Tech can cover that? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I was, think I was so. I Say yes too. I think you, so. You hit thirty-five versus Montana State. Again, I still until UTEP does something noteworthy. I still think they're worse than Montana state. This would be game two for you. Yes. That they got a win at home, but I think it was more of an emotional win having that was their first home game. Um, and they were dealing with the shootings over the summer and the loss of a teammate. Um, I don't think they have that same kind of emotional fire for game two on the road against a power five opponent. Right. And it's, and they they, they squeaked by a, Poor FCS or NAI. I don't even know what division Houston Baptist is in. I wouldn't know either. But it's not going to be close. So I I say yes, Tech will cover um, before. Should we do pr- predictions? Have we done a prediction yet? Not Let's an do official one. Let's do it here. Um, give me Tech like 55, 10,
1: or 7. I'm thinking they cracked the 60s. You think so? Yeah. I'm. I'm thinking like 63 to... Probably well, I ten sounds about right. I'll say fourteen though. Sixty-three to fourteen. Okay. <laughs> Kyle Jacobson, Matt
0: Wallerstedt is on the staff at UT. Oh, sorry, UTEP. Thoughts? Yes, that is my question. <laughs> One, I I think it's interesting because it goes back to I guess a conversation we were having in the Slack chat about Wells getting onto reporters and media members in the post game about actually asking questions because there was one guy that was giving his opinion and didn't ask a question and was like sorry was
1: there a question in there yeah he just kind of stopped talking that was basically (laughs) what he did just rambled for a little bit and stopped talking well here's the
0: thing like if you're going to do that like you got to end with can you talk about and then relate that which is still a
1: terrible question to talk about question is always back about what you just said (laughs) there were so many talk about questions in that press conference I yeah, was just th- there's not, there wasn't a whole lot of questions. Made me cringe. <laughs> yeah, because really, what, what, well, the offense, I don't know. There's just only so much you can learn after a game like that, so there wasn't a whole lot of questions to ask. So, Matt Wallerstep being on staff at UTEP. Boo.
0: Yeah, sure, boo. He kind of <laughs> crashed our defense. He can't do anything in terms of like scouting us because we no longer use his defense. We no Yeah. Longer,
1: or his signals, or, or anything his, remotely close to that, or the offensive signals he
0: was used to while he was here at Texas Tech mm-hmm. under Cliff Kingsbury. Um, it was just gonna be fun to put up fifty-five or sixty points on him and be like,
1: "Hey, man, yeah." And I forgot what his official role was. It was something. It's probably
0: some kind of analyst or something like defensive analyst. Watch. Yes,
1: it, or, or a like lineman a coach, or it's it's not like he's the DC. No, of course, by not. any means. But let's hey. see. He does
0: do defensive line. He's a defensive line coach for UTEP. Defensive line coach. So I. It's his second season too. He's been there. He was there for the one eleven. Yeah.
1: Or oh, you mean yeah? That's right. One eleven was last year. So
0: he'll be taking over the defensive line this season. Last season he was defensive quality control.
1: That's it. I knew I saw something a while back about that.
0: Yeah, we can. Oh, um, um, and and in his in his bio, UTEP quotes the most useless defensive stat ever to prop him up. I'm ready. The last season, the Miners ranked 68th nationally in total defense. Okay. Whoopee, Nobody cares about total defense. <laughs> that means nothing. Like you can't you can't compare that to anybody. It, it's dumb. All right, we have to move on. We're I think officially 11 minutes behind. <laughs> we'll be good. I, I don't have anything for going yards. That, that helps. I don't really have anything I learned. So we've just got these two questions and we can call <laughs> it a day. Fantastic. Redway reset man, 84. Most surprising stat from the last game. Mine was only four penalties closely followed by 255 yards rushing. Also, how about that defense? Very impressed by it.
1: Um, Gosh, I would have gone with either one of those two. I've got two stats. That were impressive uh Texas Tech only allowed eight first downs, which was really impressive, and one of them was on a fourth down fake punt trick play mm-hmm. so the defense only allowed seven first downs, if you think about it, and then the two of them came on one drive, yeah,
0: well, actually three of those first downs came on the drive. It was the um fake punt and the long touch long pass on sidelines. Then corrected two first downs because the next big play was 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 a touchdown.
1: I think that was my surprising stat. And then one that we touched on earlier today was that Tech only had one sack. I was really hoping that they'd get to the quarterback a little bit more. Your thoughts?
0: Thoughts on the? I I may not have gone with the two hundred fifty five rushing yards. Like looking back, it's almost like, did we actually do that? Like it didn't. Having watched that game twice now, I still don't remember feeling like. We ran all over them we it was like a very quiet two hundred and fifty rushing yards. It' was really strange um 'cause I not only did I watch the game live, I went back and watched the um or two forty five whatever it is minus the sack. I don't even know
1: oh no, yeah, you're good.
0: um, I watched the condensed version of the game that the big twelve conference put out on Sunday, it's all ninety five sorry it was ninety five every offensive play of the game it so it was ninety five yeah um. Every snap from both teams was on there, and it was like a 35 minute video. The entire game, you could watch the entire game in 35 minutes. And what's interesting is that it didn't actually feel all that sped up on the Texas Tech offensive side, <laughs> because you right. saw it almost that fast in the game. Yeah. Um. I, I would have to go back. You've already said it though. I'd go back to the four penalties. One of them being almost intentional that you committed three penalties. One was a kick out of bounds. One was a false start, and one was a blindside block, which was your big your first big opportunity to do that after the rule was changed and on replays like uh, that was as as borderline as you could probably call the gone it because he way. still hit him and like he was in front of him when he hit him and the guy, the guy's head was turned towards the defender yeah. so i would go with i i, I hate to like you, you committed four penalties but i'm actually gonna only give you credit for three like you committed three penalties yeah um so yeah and then how about the defense when you started the game with like seven of the first eight possessions is a three and out and not only like just a punt, but a three and out like that's, that's stupid. Good. Very impressive. Still skipping. <laughs> I love his, his new, tw- his new, uh, account name 3.6 conference wins. Hi, I guess what I'm wondering most about the UTEP matchup is, do you think Jeffrey Epstein really killed himself?
1: <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm not going to touch that one. Uh, we've, uh, We've reached out to the professionals for comment, and in lieu of circumstances, we we've, we've decided not to comment, so that uh, we don't possibly end up in the same <laughs> end up having committed suicide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, just just throwing it out there. But uh, either way, either way, it's um, we're still awaiting confirmation the powers that be and almost because I just want to play this like
0: let's talk about what we learned what did we learn Palmer I don't know sir I don't know either alright so what did we learn we learned one I don't know you don't really get there's really only one thing you can take from playing an FCS team and that's if everything goes wrong that it's going to be bad if, if it goes as well as you expect it to, or if you blow them out, it, it really means nothing. You don't learn anything from it. You may not learn anything from this weekend. Um, we may have more fans disappointed by the final score than we did this past weekend. We didn't score enough. We didn't beat them by enough. That may turn out to be some kind of cue to how the rest of the season goes. Good. We, we won't be able to tell that until the end of the year. Yeah, it could be an isolated incident. Right now you're one and zero. You're undefeated. You have a matchup of undefeated this weekend. You do at seven o'clock. It'll be already dusk by that
1: time. Yeah, it's, it's a night game off. against two undefeated teams. Come out to the Jones. The East Side should be completely in the shade by then. Eh, <laughs> uh, no. At seven? Oh yeah. You think so? Not yeah. complete. I don't know about completely. There might be some guys up in the in the rafters that are in the club level. Maybe. Ah, <laughs> uh, they'll be yeah club level. They'll be fine. Okay. So, Michael,
0: I think it's time we just wrap it up. Okay, I'm Sorry, ready. I, I need to get to cover the intro to this song. Oh, you gotta get you gotta get some hype in. I did. Um Thanks for listening to another episode of the twenty three personal podcast. Again, don't forget if you haven't already subscribed to find us on all of your i all of your podcast catchers, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. Subscribe rate that helps us show up in the search results. Follow us on Twitter at 23 personnel at punt suck at Michael underscore LBK. Finally, there's so many like promos to do self promos selfless promotion here. Um, don't forget to catch us on the countdown to kickoff pregame show. Talk 1340. We will go on air at 4 p.m. this week, run for two hours, catch Rob Bro, Carson Robinson, myself, and Michael on there. Until then, thanks for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast.